Andrew Allegretta, who, of course, is the voice of the Vanderbilt Commodores baseball team. And, Andrew, appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Good to be with you, John. Well, it's good to be with you. And, obviously, uh, this is a series of uh, two really well-respected teams, two teams that have really great coaches and everything. But just looking at it from the Vanderbilt perspective, it's funny because they're 32-15. and 15, They're 12-12 and 12 in the SEC. They're number 24 uh, in the country. And I've heard some people say, yeah, well, you know, this isn't just uh, the Vanderbilt team that more, most people are used to. But I still see Vanderbilt. I still see a top 25 team. I still see a team that could come into Baumwalker and beat the Razorbacks this weekend. I do, too. I don't know that we will. But I certainly see a scenario in which Vanderbilt takes two out of three. Um, I think there's a lot of similarities in the sense that the strength of each team is the pitching staff. And at least as I understand it for you guys and for us as well, uh, the offense has had its moments. But on the flip side, the offense has you know had its moments as well. Uh, so I think there's some level of similarities there. You guys have you know, an ace that starts on Friday that's an upperclassman that's thrown for a while. We're throwing a freshman here tonight. So – uh, there's differences in this, too, but, yeah, if you told me Vanderbilt took two out of three, I, I, I don't think I would be surprised in the slightest, but if you told me Arkansas took two out of three or if Vanderbilt stumbled, also would not surprise me in the slightest at all either. Well, this team has played well away from home and also neutral site games combined there to 12-6 uh, and six overall. So um, just ha- describe how this team has looked on the road. So I think in fairness, some of that, guys, would be the product of the schedule. Like we caught number one Tennessee at home. Uh, so some of our quote-unquote home struggles are the fact that Tennessee just kind of punched us in the teeth at home. Uh, Texas A&M came to Hawkins as one of the hottest teams in the country a couple of weeks ago and took two out of three against us. Uh, and then we went on the road to Kentucky that struggled this season at times. And then we did go on the road and take two out of three against Georgia last weekend. So that was that was a good plus. I, I've got a hard time kind of picking apart whether or not we're quote-unquote better at home or better on the road. I, I'm, I'm candidly not sure that, that one of those is necessarily true. I, I think more, more than anything, it's a byproduct of the schedule, who we've caught at home, who we've caught on the road, and, and then how we've been playing in those moments. Um, Tennessee really helped knock us off our game. Like We went to South Carolina at the very start of conference play, lost two out of three and then came back home and lost all three Tennessee. And at that point, we were kind of searching for ourselves. So two months ago, after, after losing two out of three on the road at South Carolina, I, I don't know that we would have the narrative that Vandy played well on the road, if that makes sense to you guys. No, no, it, do, it totally does. And, and that's the thing with, uh, with Vanderbilt this year is that, uh, you know, there was always expectations for a lot of these baseball programs in the SEC, but it's one of those things, hey, somebody's got to finish last. You know, there's – like Ole Miss was the number one team in the country just uh, a month or so ago, and, you know, now look at them. They've, they're one of the, the worst teams in the West, but it's just such a competitive conference. Was this kind of the expectation that Vanderbilt fans had for this baseball team to say, hey, uh, last year had a great team, but there was going to be just maybe a little bit of a step back? I mean, what was the expectation for this team heading into it? You know, so it's Vanderbilt – and my hunch is, with all due respect to our fan base, I think there's kind of a hope, a desire. And if you want to creep up to the word expectation, that we're going to make it to Omaha every single season. And, and obviously, that's not going to be true. In fact, they've made it five times out of 20 for Coach Corbin. So that means 15 times he didn't. Um, I think the expectation coming into this season is, is 
kind of the opposite of how it unfolded in the sense that, okay, we've got upperclassmen that come back offensively, and the offense is going to have to carry the pitching staff while the pitchers catch up. Our Friday night starter typically is throwing Saturday this weekend, Chris McElbain, is a junior, but this is the first time as a starting pitcher for him. Our number two starter is a true freshman, and then we've had a revolving door on day three of weekends, and it's settling into a freshman here this weekend, although Devin Futrell is throwing on Friday. So hopefully that doesn't uh, that little web that I just laid out doesn't confuse you too much. But basically the pitching staff is inexperienced, and yet they're the ones that have uh, carried this team more or less. This team is defined by pitching and defense, and I think people would have thought the offense and the hitting would have defined this team at the onset of the season. So that sounds similar to Arkansas coming into the season. It was the same thing that – Everyone felt like the offense was going to carry them and that the pitching was an unknown. So how do you see these two teams matching up? You know, what's so funny is I was talking with Coach Corbin about this during our radio show a couple of days ago in context of Vanderbilt's offense. And, and one of the first things he said is the, the league makes you feel like you're not as good of a player as you are and then reference the season that Robert Moore has had. Obviously one of the most talented players in the entire conference, and he's batting two thirty six. Only has five home runs, 36 RBIs. You guys know his season well. Um, and, and, and we've dealt with a lot of that as well. How it matches up, I, I, I don't have a great gauge. Um, I, I see the similarities. We've had so much heartburn, guys, in Nashville about Fanny Boy's ability to score with runners in scoring position. And our number at the time, and it still might be, was about 260 with runners in scoring position. I've looked at your number. It's like 230 about right 230 240 with punters in scoring position i i don't necessarily know how the two teams uh, match up but i i do think i do think it's going to be competitive because in theory the strengths of the team are the same so that should allow this thing to be competitive for three games i, I think i think we'll get three good games of baseball this week we're speaking with Andrew Allegretta, the voice of Vandy Baseball, here on the Jones and Son Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. You know, a- Andrew, tell us about a guy that I know that uh, has been really good for Vanderbilt this year, their ace freshman left-hander, Devin Futrell, which he's 8-1. and one. He's just got an above-two ERA. Uh, Connor Nolan's been really good for Arkansas as well, but it seems like this is going to be a great pitching matchup. What can you tell us about Devin? I would think so. This is his very first SEC start, guys. So he's been the midweek guy, and Vanderbilt has done this uh, for any number of years. I think I think uh, Walker Bueller for quite some time was a midweek starter until they uh, pushed him into a featured role either late his freshman season or early his sophomore season. So this is not uncommon. Um, there's a lot of belief in Devin Futrell. And the thing that got him over the hump to be an SEC starter this weekend is the fact that he threw very, very well against Louisville. In fact, he gave up one run against the Cardinals offense, which is considered one of the best offenses in the entire country. That's a top 10 team. He did that uh, not this past Tuesday, but the prior Tuesday. So the fact that he performed well gave Coach Corpin and Coach Brown, the pitching coach, the confidence to bump him up. Um, The thing about him is he's got an off-speed pitch that's a difference maker. Uh, in a league that is so dominated by how fast you can pop the radar gun at 96, 97, 98, how big and how dynamic is your slider, Devin Futrell is going to do this, and he's going to throw 90, 91. 
He's got a high spin rate on his fastball. So it feels faster than it is. And then he's got a separator for a changeup. If those things are working here tonight, he'll be just fine. Uh, but he's going to have to get over the mental hurdle of pitching at bomb Walker in front of this crowd on an SEC Friday going up against somebody like Connor Nolan, who has the track record. He's facing a totally different beast than he's ever faced before. And I think he's only thrown one game on the road all season, guys. And it was a relief appearance against Hawaii. Every other start has been at Hawkins Field. So this is a totally different deal for Devin Futrell here tonight. Uh, and, and I'm looking forward to it. I think he'll be fine, but I, I, it's, he's a freshman in a hostile environment. He's going to have some bumps. It's just a matter of how well can his defense and his offense back him up. What's the strength of this lineup? Where, where is that, and who are some of the better hitters in the lineup? Yeah, two guys, really three, make this whole offense go around. And I suspect maybe you guys, whether in Little Rock or Fayetteville or whatever, are having these same sort of conversations. If, if our top three guys are going, our offense is fine. Uh, if one or two or three of those guys have an off night, it's a, it's a bad deal. Enrique Bradfield Jr. is the starter of it all. You guys may have caught that he tied the ball game back on Tuesday in the bottom of the ninth back at home with two outs on a stolen base at home. He's that sort of fast, that sort of electric. He's 34 for 34 in stolen base attempts. He makes it go. After that, you've got two really good power hitters in Spencer Jones, who went six for six in the game on Tuesday. And then Dom Keegan, who hit a ball at Georgia that, not to be uh, sarcastic or facetious, I never physically saw that ball land. It was so far hit out of the ballpark at Foley Field in Georgia that I never I, I never saw it took off. It's like a golf ball that you lose in the sun. You just smoke it and you never see it land. That's what that was. Those two guys, Spencer Jones and Dom Keegan, are big-time power hitters. If those three guys are going, Danny's offense can score runs. If they're not, it, it becomes a, you know, teeth pulling exercise. So, so what do you make of the Razorbacks so far this year? Because you know, here in Arkansas, I, I won't say it's the exact same because at least Vanderbilt has won College World Series titles. But there's a lot of Razorback fans that say it's kind of the same thing. It's like, hey, we expect to go to the College World Series every year. You know, especially when you missed out last year, being the number one overall uh, seed and number one overall team. But uh, look, going into this series, just what do you make of the Razorbacks in the the season that they've had so far? You know, I'm just scrolling through the schedule. You guys have played so well throughout the course of the season, and, and I'm just looking at everything from an external lens. So it's hard for me to know. It is interesting, and you guys have the context, and heck, you can educate me. It is interesting to think back to the beginning of the season, hearing about Robert Moore or hearing about Peyton Stovall or, or whoever it was that was going to come in and make a huge impact on the lineup, and then you look at the numbers, and, you know, they're, they're not necessarily there. Um, I don't have a good context on that. I, I look at your numbers, and it's like you're a darn good team. Um, I, I don't want to say, and, and I'm going to eat my words, right? Like, we're going to go <laughs> into Bomb Walker, and you guys are going to take all three games. It, it, it's a little interesting to see a 16-8 and eight SEC record based on the offensive numbers that I look at. Not that they're bad, but, uh, again, for all of the heartburn that we've had this year with runners in scoring position, your number is lower. Um, so I don't, there, there's some gaps in the statistics, but that's why statistics are statistics and they're not reality. Obviously the pitching staff has enough depth and skill uh, to get you guys to the finish line. 
What's the approach in recruiting? When looking at this roster, there are players from all over, and sometimes you can look at a roster and see that there's a concentration on a certain area. But with Vandy's roster, these players are from everywhere. I think it's a byproduct of the success that Coach Corbin has had. I think it's a byproduct of Coach Corbin's personal background as a Northeastern guy. So he's got a lot of connections up to the Northeast. That's why Dom Keegan is from Massachusetts. Uh, that's why Spencer Jones, who is from California, has a ton of family in Connecticut, Massachusetts. And, uh, you know, he can go down to Florida and get, um, I mean, whoever. Uh, there, there's Enrique Bradfield Jr. is from American Heritage. I think he has garnered enough respect that he can that he can go nationwide. Um, and, and the byproduct of, you know, it's not dissimilar to a Stanford or a Duke or whoever, right? If you're a private school, um, your tuition costs are irrelevant, right? It's not like we're going to go get the in-state kid because they can pay less than the out-of-state kid. So college baseball is a tricky little game to play. And I know Vanderbilt's situation causes heartburn across the SEC. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's. <laughs> I've read a few articles. I don't think the narrative is truly there uh, that is presented. But it, it's the it's the nature of Coach Corbin's success. It's the nature of the university. It's. I mean, if you go look at Duke's basketball roster, they're from all over the place because you can. Or Stanford's football roster, it's from all over the place because you can. Uh, I, I think it's just a matter of, oh, who's the best talent we can go get, and we don't have to stay totally zoned in on Tennessee. Having said that, guys, our Friday night starters throughout the course of the season, Chris McElvain is a Nashville kid. He's from 20 minutes down the road. Um, so we've had plenty of success. You know, David Price changed Vanderbilt. He's from Murfreesboro, which is 25 minutes down the road from Nashville. Uh, so they've, they've made good use of the local products for sure. Well, and it's funny you brought that up because I've always felt like the the narrative against Vandy and, and, you know, some of the stuff that's being said, it's like, well, I – and then, you know, maybe there was something to that, but at the same time, they, you know, they make it sound like Vanderbilt's just winning the College World Series title every single year. You know, it's almost – make it sound like, well, oh, right. well, yeah, they're just I mean, out there winning it. Right. I go back to my original comment like, oh, you expect Vanderbilt to be in Omaha. Well, in reality, Coach Corbin has been here for 20 years, and he's been five times. So that means – technically 14 out of his this is his 20th season so 14 out of his 19 seasons he didn't go to omaha <laughs> <laughs> well and, and then you know? yeah and then that's and that's the thing is like you know when you just put it into that perspective it, it makes a lot more sense too and I, I think that also just because of the way college sports in the landscape uh is changing there as well it's you know there's these things coming out that they're possibly going to be able to allow that third uh, paid assistant coach leave it up to the conferences to have that uh, increasing scholarship limitations and everything for for every sport and baseball, be, of course, being included in that. Uh, so, just how do you feel like the direction of college baseball and maybe some of the adjustments that they can make will be beneficial to a school like Vanderbilt? I don't have a good grasp on that, and I don't want to overspeak. Um, I, I'm cognizant of the things out there. I think my first reaction within all of it is that Coach Corvin for 20 years is so deeply respected, not only nationally, but internally at Vanderbilt, that the things that he needs to be successful, he's going to be able to work with the people internally to help Vanderbilt be successful, if that makes sense. 
That doesn't mean he's going to cheat, right? Like, let's not put anything out of context. But, you know, as, as, as things ebb and flow with college baseball, adding a third assistant, if that's the case, uh, you better believe Vanderbilt's going to get a full-time third assistant. Um, and, and to be quite frank, he has always viewed the volunteer assistant position as an actual assistant, even if in reality it's a quote-unquote volunteer assistant, right? So I, I don't necessarily, from a will this help or hurt Vanderbilt situation, whether it's the name, image, likeness stuff, whether it's the changes within scholarships, whether it's the paid third assistance, whatever it happens to be, I don't necessarily worry about it retreating Vanderbilt too, too much just because I think you've got a leader in Coach Corbin who is who is so cerebral and so thoughtful about how he manages his program around the ebbs and flows. Uh, he, he has been at the curve, ahead of the curve, or helped set the curve on so many different things. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that things happen in perpetuity, right? Like at, at some point in time in this world, Nick Saban will retire, and Alabama will be a different football program. Um, but... But for the time being, with somebody like Coach Corbin at the helm, you at least put yourself in a position to be mindful, thoughtful, and intelligent with how you move within the world of college baseball. Um, that's a lot of sentences that I don't know necessarily mean a ton of things. Um, but it does mean that because of Coach Corbin's intellect, intelligence, and respect within the community, Vanderbilt is, is in a good place to move with the wind appropriately or, quite frankly, help set the tone of college baseball because Coach Corbin, and whether it's Dave Van Horn or Jim Schlossnagel, these guys carry weight within the conversation. So, Andrew, we have about a minute left. What is that narrative about Vandy baseball versus reality? Oh, the, you know, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to end up on a message board somewhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> people like to throw opportunity fans are built around a whole bunch, and you know, uh, Vanderbilt scholarship is ridiculous. So it, 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 to me, as I understand the mathematics of the whole deal, it doesn't give Vanderbilt more scholarships. That's insane. <laughs> it, it helps. It helps. It helps almost level the playing field financially. Because uh, I, I mean, I, this is a longer conversation than sixty seconds. But I came from Tulane, which has a similar scholarship situation, and they, and they would tell you that it's just it's mind-bending on how to get 11.7 kids into school when your scholarship number is 60 grand, 70 grand, or whatever. You you narrow the pool of kids that you can recruit from. So Opportunity Vanderbilt more levels the playing field and, and allows Vanderbilt to recruit the wide swath of the country like anybody else. Well, that's the thing, Andrew. Is like, you know, there's always a lot of narratives about a lot of things out there that uh, you know can't be proven or anything. I mean, for crying out loud, we're dealing with NIL and people talking about tampering and transfer portals. I mean, there's all different types of narratives about a lot of people, too, but it seems like it's always pretty separate from reality, especially when you're dealing with the SEC and fan bases, man. that's just I don't know. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I'm just thrilled to work in this conference. Hey, there you go. There you go. Well, Andrew, man, appreciate you joining us. Safe travels. Enjoy Fayetteville, man, and good luck this weekend, all right? Thank you so much. We should have some good games, guys, coming up.